That is Susan J. Cokes. That's Joe Bailey. And we're two funny ladies who will commence to talk about a third funny lady. That's right. Uh, in the uh, course of right. the program. Program. In the course of the program. Um, how are you? Whew, I'm a little tired today. It's just been a whirlwind of yeah? the past couple of days. Just a whirlwind of things. Yeah. For whatever reason, I put off my homework assignments for this until the very last minute. Did you like just finish a movie? No, but, but like this morning. Okay. And I've done that. I've done yeah. That. Um, I don't like it though. Sure, 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 sure. We went to see Mean Girls last night, the musical on tour. Yes. How was that? Yeah. It's fine. Better than Pretty Woman. I mean, look, Pretty Woman <laughs> will always, forever, and always be the bottom by which we will forever base other shows. Sure, sure. It is the nadir, the bottom rung, the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's real, real bad. Real it bad. was not that. It's just the same old thing we just don't need it if you've seen the movie you've seen the musical just without the music right right it was really cool to look at the set was completely video projections oh that were cool because they were like this the set itself was like just a back wall with two entrance exit doorways like one upstage left one upstage right okay but the projections also projected like in proportion in those exits. Okay. So it gave it all a very 3D look. Interesting. Because it was 3D, but not just like a flat projection on a, you know, a big screen or whatever. Sure. And they just were very high tech. And um, which is smart if we're going to continue this, you know practice right. of turning movies into musicals that have a jillion different locations because it's a right. fucking movie right um and you're just able to switch locations just at the drop of a hat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah it okay. was uh the most people i've been in a room with in two years how did that feel it was fine i um was tired of wearing my mask though by the end of it but it was fine. I felt fine. But there were like a lot of people there. It was probably sold out. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. A lot of girls, a lot of young girls, which was interesting. Two things. Um, when we were waiting for the show to start, I said, this movie is now 18 years old, which That's is sad. the age of the, cause it was, we saw it in East Lansing, which is the home of Michigan state university. Sure. 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 So I said, you know, this musical is as old as the incoming freshman at uh, at MSU this year. Yeah. And uh, the fella sitting next to me uh, opened his program and said, oh, Tina Fey wrote this. So Shut it up. was Shut up. Just, Shut your I mean, mouth. he was probably, you know, 19. I mean, but come on, man. So, yeah, there was just a lot of that okay 
So yeah, it was nice to look at, but would I have rather spent my ticket money elsewhere? In hindsight, sure. Sure, sure. Okay. I'm also sitting on this. Joe got me a big purple poof. Ooh. But I can't get purchase on it today. So I just feel like I'm like, <laughs> I can't get purchase on it. <laughs> I'm all hunched over like a little troll. Ooh, no. How are you doing? I mean, you know, finally opened our show. Yes. How did now? I directed the show. So those of you out in the world who don't know me, who I was going to say is probably most of you, but whatever. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? What the fuck? When I direct a show, I'm there for opening and then I just disappear. <laughs> so how was. I feel how, like that's the norm, I would think, unless you're like a high school director or something. How did the rest of the weekend go? Good. You know, it's very interesting. Um what day was it? Sunday? We only had three people. Yeah, that's rough. But, you know, this show, it doesn't feel weird to do it for that many people. Or that few people. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's a better way to say it. Um, it doesn't feel weird. And they were very engaged and they were very responsive. And it seemed like they love it, loved it. So it wasn't... Um, you know, if we only had three people for, let's say, Puffs. Yes. Or a musical, I'd be like, we're not doing this. I yeah. I'm not doing this show for three people. But with this sh little show, it just feels like there are other guests at the retreat. That's nice. And I think it lends itself to for people to get more um, engaged in it, honestly. Now, Monday, you had quite a few people, yes? Yeah, yes, we sure how did. Was, how was that? Were they responsive? Yes, that was equally good. And that's the thing. I, I would say it was equal. Now, obviously, there's more energy in the room. But like I said, this show, you kind of don't need it. You're so immersed, especially with it being in the round. You're just so immersed in what you're doing that it doesn't really matter. But yeah, Monday's audience was really good, too. Well, lovely. Yeah. What did you do with your time this week? Well, uh, oh boy, what did we do with our time? Well, you know, the musical, the high school is opening up soon. So I was trying to do as much as I could on that. So that and just sort of decompressing just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. I've been watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Britain Against the World. Mm. Have you been watching that? Nope. Yeah, I've been watching that. It's okay. It's okay. Jujubee's on it. Oh. Yeah. That's that's it. Nothing really exciting. That's all right. Yeah. It's the time for it. Yeah. The week after you open a show. Yeah. So that's about that. Uh, we did get another email. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, and I was, as soon as we got this email, I was going to text you because Matt must have listened to it. The instant it dropped. <laughs> so this is from our new friend, Matt. And right away, uh, Matt, I know that you said that we were all the same people. I'm here to tell you we're not. And, and here's how I know. Uh, I got up for my morning 10 K run and it was minus 25. 
And you both made it all the worthwhile. I just about peed myself. Here's a couple of things, Matt. I wouldn't run in perfect weather conditions, let alone minus 25. I mean, I don't even think I could get bothered to be dressed in that kind of weather out of my pajamas. Yeah, I don't know how how far a 10K is, but it sounds like a lot of Ks. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's more than I would be willing to do for any amount of money, probably. Yeah, because we stubborn Americans, we don't do no metrics here. No, we sure don't. We sure like the don't. only country in the world who doesn't do it. Um. Well, yeah, because we got to be different. Ugh. Yeah, we can't be bothered to change. And yes, uh, you two set me up. We can't have random strangers. That just seems crazy. And I'll end up in some Nexium Nexium cult or murder podcast that you will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> now on to the important details. Linda, Linda Dano's best friend was Cass, who was a lawyer who was gay, but ended up marrying his best friend, who was a private eye and psychic medium, Frankie Frame, whose best friend was a cop and she was murdered. By what I recall is a latex glove strangler. And so was her best friend, Ryan, who I think his eyes were donated to someone else who Vicky eventually fell in love with. God damn it. I really miss watching um <laughs> watching uh daytime television. Oh, television. you can't you can't do any yeah. better than a daytime you, drama. You really can't. We're gonna we're gonna skip around here. They uh Matt has confirmed that they are in Canada. Um, the New Brunswick is the Michigan of Eastern Canada, but probably a little less diverse. The cat's name is Tucker and also Riley. And my, my cat's name is Tucker that I sent to you, but there is also Riley and Roscoe's chicken and waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, then we went into, um, some Oscar likes, um, overall best performances of 2022, according to Matt, are Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Andrew Garfield for Spider-Man. Yes, absolutely. Simon Rex for Red Rocket, Leonardo DiCaprio for Don't Look Up, and Dowd and Martha Plimpton for Mass, entire cast of Nightmare Alley. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Parallel's Mother, Nick Cage for Pig, Rosalind Pike for Lockdown, and Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit. And overall best films, Licorice Pizza is at the top. See, Matt, this is also where we're not the same person. (laughs) Um, Dune, Flea, Nightmare Alley, Summer of Souls, Spider-Man, The Worst Person in the World, French Dispatch, Drive My Car in the Green Knight. Um, He also wants me to talk about Billy Crudup. And um, yeah, I still hate Billy Crudup. There's nothing. uh, Yeah. Did you know that he's with Naomi Watts now? Really? They've been together forever. I had to look this up because I saw a picture of the two of them somewhere. And uh, so we all know famously that he left Mary Louise Parker when she was eight months pregnant with their child. And this was in 2004 and took up with Claire Danes. They were together for two years. That was it. They broke up in 2006. You know, nothing like a break up a relationship just to call it quits after two years. That's right. Exactly. But he's been with Naomi Watts for a long time now. Um, that's so weird. That's so weird. Um, he also wanted to know how I felt about Conan O'Brien. I like Conan O'Brien. I don't have any bad feelings towards him. But um, 
I, you know, I don't have, I'm not like in love. Uh, he's also not giving up on a Shelly Long, uh, Kirstie Alley Jewel episode. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a sticky wicket. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, TV wrap up. Uh, Matt tried Paris and love and realized two minutes in, I hated her fiance. <laughs> so I didn't care about her love. I just wanted Kathy Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you know, um, I finally finished the new season of always sunny. Uh, they ended up, Oh, I'm not going to spoil that, Matt. Thank Jesus. The Olympics are over. So I can stop here. Even got figure skaters who are eight years old on steroids. Oh, no. <laughs> um, gives us a good leeway so uh they did not you know how they they had banned the russians for doping before but their uh way of ban banning russians was to just um call them the russian olympic rush they they put them under another name okay it would it's like they weren't representing the country but they were just russian athletes (laughs) okay cool but now they have finally, at least from figure skating, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the Olympics, they've finally been banned because of what they're doing in the Ukraine. Mm. So that little steroid girl, it wasn't steroid, it was heart medication. I don't know how that increases. I don't know what that does for you if you don't have a heart problem. <laughs> uh, she is not allowed. Say, if you don't have a heart. If you don't have a heart. Because like you're Russians. Russian. <laughs> um, she is not allowed to compete at Worlds. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's about it on that. Um, I also want to say, Matt, I think you you definitely have seen, like, every movie that's come out, it looks like. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I have not seen anything. There are things that you've seen that haven't been here yet. Oh, this is something else. Matt, I need to I need to ask you this question. So he's on the eastern side of Canada, which is close to something. Sure. <laughs> I'm not up yep. on my on my uh Canadian geography. Okay. Um, but I think it's Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. And I think they have their own time zone, which is like a half an hour ahead or behind of everybody else. Okay. Which is weird. See, here's the thing. Like, like because of where, where we are and before I got satellite radio in my car, I would pretty much predominantly listen to Canadian radio, like going to and from work. Mm, Okay. And so I learned a lot about like, you know, that sort of thing from there, but I think that's true, but it's also interesting. Why half an hour? Yeah, I don't it's know. like if it's nine o'clock in New Brunswick, then it's like nine thirty in Nova Scotia or something like that. That's so, weird. School me because I need to know this and I don't want to look it up. So, Matt, talk to me. <laughs> talk to me about time zones in Canada. Also, can we talk about how we can states can choose if they do daylight savings time or not? That's weird. Oh right? my gosh, that's crazy. Well, it's really Arizona and Indiana, but the thing about Arizona, pretty much the whole, I think it's the whole state that was like, we're not participating. Well, you know, when you live in Arizona, you got to take the wins where you can get them, you know? Yeah. Because they were also like. Devil's armpit. Right. We're also not participating in Martin Luther King Day. They were also like. So, you know, you know, yeah. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. (laughs) And there you have Arizona. But in Indiana, it was county. It was the counties that made 
the decision. So some counties could be on exactly. That, that's even dumber. It's so, so dumb. dumb. Like I was born in Indiana, but like I don't like associate. Okay. I mean, I've you know, driven well. through Indiana, but you won't see me flying an Indiana flag, you know? Right, right. Right. On that note, I was driving downtown today and I was behind this truck that had two flags on it. I couldn't, I could tell one was the American flag and I could only guess what the other one was. Sure, sure, sure. I didn't see it. And it's just that whole thing. Just, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand that whole well and and a very good point is being brought up uh you know because people are complaining about biden and their go-to is here's the guy you love blah 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 doing these it's like no 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 stop that's the difference between the two parties as it stands now uh for vast generalizations a majority of us didn't want him okay yeah (laughs) not the best choice not the best choice and I'm kind of pissed off with stuff he hasn't done. And he's like, it's time to get back to work. COVID ain't over. Like, I don't know. We as Americans do this thing where we just decide we're done with something, even though none of the data backs it up. It's just, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with this anymore. Oh, okay. Like, uh, we're not done. And so uh, we're not happy about it, you guys. Most of us are not happy with Biden. So don't, we don't, uh, we don't look at him like a God or like a savior or anything. He's just a dude. He's not, he's the dude we settled for because yeah. he wasn't racist. And really that's what came down to it in this presidential <laughs> election. Um, I will so, not be putting yeah. a Biden flag on my car, nor would I ever put any kind of political any president's flag, flag on, on my, my car. car. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. That's very weird. Also, I mean, I wouldn't put an American flag on my car either. I did. In, uh, in the days following 9-11. Well, sure. I mean, I, I just, oh God, I mean, we might get some haters or I might, but sh- the U.S. is not the greatest country in the world. I'm sorry. It's not. We've got a lot of fucked up things going on here. I mean, I, probably in every country in the world. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I mean, you know, uh, there are times when... I can't get a prescription because I have to go to the doctor, but I can't go to the doctor because I owe them money that I don't have, even though I work 40 hours a week. Like there's something fundamentally wrong with that. Well, and I think it's, and you are correct. The medical system and higher education in this country are just fucked six ways from Sunday. But I also think it's important to look objectively at your country and not be like, everything here is great. And if you don't like it, then get the fuck out. Right. Especially when it comes to America, when it's like, um, I love it when people say, well, go back to where you came from or, or whatever you first dude. Cause uh, you probably didn't, you probably, your ancestors probably stole this line too. So you first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just blows my mind when people say that, like, um, we literally, well, we, you know what I mean, uh, literally came in and was like, oh, we want this. And the Indians were like, oh, but hold on. We live here. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, no, we live. We live here now. I mean, you can stay in certain parts after yeah. we kill most of you. Right. But this is ours now. So, like, don't you can't use that argument of go back to your country because no. you just can't. It's not valid. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. Um, anyway, welcome to three funny ladies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Welcome to Three Political Ladies, where we talk only a little bit intelligently about our political views. Today we'll be discussing Nancy Pelosi. Um, no. We also, I, I, I'm, I'm going to completely do a 180 here because uh, I forgot. I also, uh, I saw the touring production of Oklahoma this week. Also, yes, and I heard that it was amazing. It really was very different. It's a, I think it's a love it or hate it interpretation. Yeah. Because um, I normally hate Oklahoma. It was just very interesting. I did not understand all of the choices. Um, but I appreciated them. Um, it was all just set like in a a, a hall that mm-hmm. had like tables and benches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were scenes that happened completely in the dark. Uh, they turned all the lights out and put the two people in the scene on handheld mics. And then they would bring in a video component where someone was on the stage with them with a video camera filming them like in extreme close up. That they broadcast on the back wall. It was mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Um, yeah, Brandy Joe was telling me about it. Um, and I was saying to him that that sounds like something that I would love to see the original staging, you know. Um, and I know that they Brandy Joe said they didn't change anything nope. from the script, everything was word for word, uh, the way it was written, songs, everything like that. Um I would love to see an uh, uh you know how it was originally staged and then maybe the next night see this cuz I think I would appreciate it more um if I knew what the original intent was and then I could see like where they went with it you know what I mean Yeah Yeah it was very I just appreciate looking at these classic shows from a different lens I think is interesting so, yeah, so it's just been a big week of show, 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 shows. Okay. Yeah, All and right. I don't think we've been watching, we started to watch Midnight Mass on the Netflix. I watched that. It's slow going. Oh, it is so low. It is slow going. And I can't. I, now, see, I enjoyed it. I finished it out. I wouldn't put it in my top of anything. And I don't know that any payoff you're going to get is going to be worth the slow burn. Yeah. Even Joe was like, this is slow. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. I just don't know that I care about what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I'm trying to think if we've been watching anything. No. Oh, here. I. Th- uh, yeah. Okay. We need to talk about, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, no. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so this week it was revealed that Walt Disney Company has contributed money to the Don't Say Gay. <gasps> oh, you didn't know this? No. Yeah. So <sighs> hang on. Let me get my, re- my sources here, not my resources. Fucking hell. So, um, 
So this is a, a collection of memes. So each year, Disney profits from the LGBTQ plus community with its rainbow collection merchandise and gay days at its park. The quarter trillion dollar corporation markets itself as an ally. Last week, the Florida House of Representatives passed the Don't Say Gay bill, banning teachers from speaking about LGBTQ issues in the classroom. What has Disney, one of Florida's largest employers, said about it? Nothing. And it gets worse. This past Friday, the Orlando Sentinel found that Disney has donated to every sponsor and co-sponsor of the Don't Say Gay bill. Surely misunderstanding, right? Dennis Baxley, the Senate sponsor of the bill, compared same-sex parents to abusers. In 2015, he swore he'd never, quote, affirm homosexuality. The next year, Disney donated to his campaign. Then again, the next year, and again through 2021. Corporations exist to maximize profits, so they will only listen if we exercise our economic power. How much of your money is indirectly supporting queer hate? Uh, And they're calling to boycott Disney, Hulu, ABC, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, FX. So essentially my lifestyle. Right. So I I did think of you during this. But I mean, a lot of people, there are, you know, there's a whole faction of Disney gays. Um, And so, and of course, I mean, it's nothing's going to happen. No one's going to, I mean. You know what I'm doing tonight? What? I'm going to my sister-in-law's house so we can start planning our next Disney trip. Oh, are you? Yeah. So yeah, Um, people are not going to be willing. I mean, that's such a huge market of content. It just, it's just, it's not going to, nothing is going to happen. It's just disappointing to say the least that they. Yeah. That kind of really breaks my heart, honestly, but fuck, you know, I'm also not surprised. They've got some garbage people. Um, They've got some garbage people. Oh God. I don't. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so just sit with that we can revisit in the future but yeah um, thanks great um cool super excited to talk about that let's talk about woody allen i guess because that's great (laughs) yeah it's gonna be that kind of show today welcome to three funny ladies (laughs) where we snatch all your dreams and stomp on them I, I will say this and i understand god this just that really breaks my heart um you know Marvel and Star Wars, yes, they're owned by Disney, but I mean, there's nothing there. Whatever it, it whatever. Thanks, Joe. Um, <laughs> Shall we talk about the lady? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's fucking talk about Diane Keaton. That's what I want to do right now. Also, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm so sorry. Why do you? Why do y'all bigots? Not y'all. I highly doubt we have any bigots listening to us. The editorial, you- y'all. Yes. Why do you care if someone else is gay? Why? Why? Please tell me why. Because I'm here to tell you, none of them are trying to get in your pants. Not one of them is trying to convert you. Not one of them is trying to put anything anywhere that you wouldn't want it to be put. They don't want you, baby. Is that the problem? Because they don't want you? (laughs) Is that the problem? And as far as child same-sex marriages being child abuse uh, uh, honey uh-uh. 
a mother and a father uh, can abuse. Like, give me a fucking break. I really want to know what these people's problems are. Anyone, anyone who has any sort of problem. And yes, you know, white people have, um, you know, racist tendency, whatever. We all have stuff that we're ingrained with that we have to work against. All of us do for different types of people. But at the end of the day, what is your fucking problem? If you're straight and you only want to be with straight people, gay people should not affect you at all. If you were born a girl and love being a girl, why the fuck do you care if someone, I, I just, oh, fuck me. Who cares? Why do you care? Why do you care? Mm-hmm. And that Bible that you're looking at, first of all, was not written by God. It was, I'm, let me tell you something. Uh, I, now I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed. You pissed me off with the Disney shit. <laughs> it wasn't written by God. It was written by some dudes. And even those dudes didn't think you would take it literally, you idiots. And, and also edited by dudes. Edited by dudes. To make things more. I got it readjust myself here off of this poof. get on that poof so keep keep on your diatribe i'm just you know i don't fucking get it i just don't get even to the smallest things like why can't we just let people have their stuff and do their stuff why why do people care if i'm fat why do people care if someone else is gay why do you care why do you care i i will never uh, that is a big poof it's huge i didn't expect the size of that poof i'll be honest <laughs> look how big my poof is <laughs> look, at, look at my bib okay just, so much better so i mean i'm sorry i'm pissed off i just i don't fucking get it also also in government also by the way even if you do fucking care if someone's gay or not which i will never fucking understand um it shouldn't be part of government. <laughs> it shouldn't be part of government. And neither should your fucking Bible. Yep. Oh, my God. I, uh, and, uh, and the reason there are people that hate gay people is because they weren't taught properly. How are we going to stop the hate if we don't teach people, if we don't teach kids stuff? Because, by yep. the way, you can be a an open-minded parent and a great parent and your kid can still go to school and pick up garbage from other kids who are being raised by garbage parents. And now I have to strip that from my kid. Yep. Even though I've said none of that matters, you can be whatever you want to be. Blah, blah, blah. And then she has to come up. Well, I was told by so-and-so. So you're not just raising your kid it takes a fucking village and you're raising my kid too because your shitty kid is going to school and talking to my kid and now i have to deconstruct the shitty oh god i'm so mad let's talk about diane keaton (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't realize i was gonna open that door i'm really pissed about disney disney (laughs) brings me joy and you know what i overlook a lot of things and i know that's hypocritical because he was a nazi we all do it we all do it and we're going to talk about that in a little bit i'm not one of those people who did he was a fucking nazi but he's also dead okay (laughs) but but this just pisses why do you care if so oh my god no one wants you. No one wants you. Is that the real problem? No one's going after you. Oh All right, Diane Keaton. Let's. <laughs> All right, fine. You want to hear about fucking Diane Keaton? Here it fucking comes. I'm just so. 
God damn it. Oh, she has the same birthday as my dad. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Same year and everything? I don't think so. I'm really bad with that stuff. And they're dead now anyway, so I don't have to remember. Um, (laughs) This is going to be a great episode. I'm in in a real mood now. (sighs) Um, (laughs) This episode brought to you by anger. Um, Diane Hall Keaton, born Diane Hall. Uh, January 5th, 1946, is an American actress. Um, and that's really it. Uh, it says early life and education. She was born in Los Angeles. Um, her mother, Dorothy Deanne, oh, her mother's maiden name was Keaton. Great. Was a homemaker and amateur photographer. Her father, John Newton Ignatius Jack Hall, you know what? Fuck off with that name, was a real estate broker and civil engineer. <laughs> I'm pissed now. Hello, my child. My child just walked in. Uh, Keaton was raised a free Methodist by her mother. Um, her mother won the Mrs. Los Angeles pageant for homemakers. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so cute. <laughs> Keaton has said that that the, that the uh, oh, God, theatric theatricality jesus of the event inspired her first impulse to be an actress and led her to wanting to work on stage she's also credited katherine hepburn uh keaton is a 1964 graduate of santa Ana high school in santa Ana, california and during her time there she participated in singing and acting clubs at school and starred as blanche dubois in a school uh, production of a streetcar named desire after graduation she attended santa Ana college and later orange coast college as an acting student but dropped out after a year to pursue an entertainment career in manhattan uh, upon joining the Actors Equity Association, she changed her surname to Keaton, her mother's maiden name, and there was al- as there was already an actress registered under the name of Diane Hall. But who knows her? Am I right? Uh, for a brief time, she also moonlighted at nightclubs with a singing act. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so just so mad now. I got to scroll down. That's her career. You do her career, personal life. Woody Allen. Keaton has had several romantic associations with noted entertainment industry personalities, starting with director Woody Allen. I don't get it. You guys, regardless of what he has done or you think he's done, I I don't, I don't get it. Um, During her role in the 1969 Broadway production of Played Again, Sam, their relationship became romantic after they had a dinner after a late night rehearsal. It was her sense of humor that attracted Alan. Uh, They briefly lived together during the production, but by the time of the fifth release of the same name in 1972, their living arrangements became informal. They worked together on eight films between 1971 and 1993. Uh, And Keaton has said that Alan remains one of her closest friends. Warren Beatty. Uh, Keaton ha- was already dating Warren Beatty, Beatty in 1979 when they co-starred in the film Reds. Uh, Beatty was a regular subject in tabloid magazines and media coverage, and Keaton became included, included much to her bewilderment. Um, in 1985, Vanity Fair called her the most reclusive star since Garbo. Um, <laughs> the relationship ended shortly after Reds wrapped. Uh, she remains friendly with friendly with Beatty. Al Pacino. 
Um, Keaton also had a relationship with her Godfather trilogy co-star Al Pacino. Their on-again, off-again relationship ended after the filming of Godfather Part 3. Keaton said of Pacino, Al was simply the most entertaining man. To me, that's, that is the most beautiful face. I think Warren was gorgeous, very pretty, but Al's face is like, whoa, <laughs> killer, killer face. Um, let's see. She doesn't believe in plastic surgery. And she says that uh, marriage, the lack of marriage has uh, not changed her life for the worse. She could take it or leave it. Obviously, she has left it. Um, uh, Religious beliefs. Keaton said she produced her 1987 documentary, Heaven, because I always felt pretty religious as a kid. I was primarily interested in religion because I wanted to go to heaven. When she grew up, she became agnostic. Hmm. So that's it on uh, Miss Diane Keaton. Although I think I got all that from the Wikipedia's. Um, hmm. I do. She has two children. It doesn't say their names. Hmm. That and I believe they were both adopted. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Uh, fun uh, fact: My yeah. first uh, in 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 uh, junior high school. I went to a birthday party and we went to the movies and we saw Baby Boom. Oh, Baby Boom. Which I think about periodically and go, what a weird movie to choose. (laughs) Oh, Baby Boom. Uh, It's my 13th birthday. Let's go see Baby Boom. (laughs) Then we'll start getting ideas. (laughs) Just what a weird choice. Who does that? Anyway. Um, Yes, this week, all of my info also comes from the wikis. Um. Just didn't. It was just an off week, and I apologize. Hey, listen, I uh, filled in enough time with that rant, so we're fine. <laughs> we're absolutely fine. in 1968. Uh, while living in Manhattan, Diane Keaton became a member of the tribe in the Broadway production of Hair. She also understudied the role of Sheila, which is if you're gonna count something as a female lead in that show, it would be Sheila. Uh, she gained some notoriety for her refusal to get naked at the end of Act One uh, when the cast performs their famous nude scene, even though nudity in the production was optional for actors. Um, really? Yeah. And those who performed nude received a $50 bonus. Um, after acting in Hair for nine months, she auditioned for Played Against Sam. And after nearly being passed over because they thought she was too tall, because she is two inches taller than Woody Allen, mm. she got the part. And then she went on to receive a Tony Award nomination for Best Featured Actress in a Play uh, for that show. Nice. The next year, she made her film debut in Lovers and Other Strangers. But her breakthrough role came two years after that when she was cast in The Godfather. And I thought earlier when you were talking about her relationships, uh, when you were saying that Keaton had a relationship with her godfather, and I thought that's where you were stopping. Oh. But it was her godfather co-star. Um, I was going to say, ew. Ew. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed it, uh, the, sh- the show, he directed the show, The Godfather, uh, noted that he first saw her in Lovers and Other Strangers, and he cast her because of her reputation for being eccentric. And he wanted her to bring that to the role of Kay in The Godfather. Have you seen The Godfather? Oh, God, no. No. 
I have a life to live. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> it's not um, that long. It's it's that long. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No desire. No okay. inkling. Yeah. No. Um, Diane uh, claims at the time that she was commonly referred to as, quote, the kooky actress of the film industry. Her performance in The Godfather was loosely based on her real-life experience of making the film, both of which she has described as being, quote, the woman in a world of men. Mm. The Godfather was an unparalleled critical and financial success, becoming the highest-grossing film of 1972 and went on to win Best Picture that year. Two years later, she reprised her role in The Godfather Part Two, uh, which also won Best Picture in 1974, the first sequel to win uh, uh, the Oscar for Best Picture. Okay, okay. Her other notable films of the 1970s included many collaborations with Woody Allen, although uh, by the time they made films together, their romantic involvement had ended. Uh, they appeared in Sleeper, Love and Death, Interiors, Manhattan, the film version of Play It Again, Sam, uh, and, of course, in 1977, Annie Hall. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress for Annie Hall. Uh, it became one of her most famous roles. It was written by Woody Allen and Marshall Brickman, directed by Woody Allen, uh, and was believed by many to be an autobiographical exploration of his relationship with Diane Keaton. Interesting. He based the character of Annie Hall loosely on her. Annie is a nickname of hers, and Hall is her original surname. Uh, why? Okay, sure. Uh, many of her mannerisms and her self-deprecating sense of humor were added into the role by Woody Allen. Director Nancy Myers has claimed, quote, Diane's the most self-deprecating person alive. The film was both a major financial and criti critical success and won the Academy Award for Best Picture, which I've talked about this before, was the first year that I watched the Oscars because Star Wars was also nominated. Oh. Oh, and my mom okay. let me stay up to watch them, and sh sh I didn't have to go to school the next day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but then when Annie Hall won, I went to bed and cried myself to sleep because Star Wars did not win. That um, is the most precious thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and that uh, began my hate relationship with Woody Allen, uh, which thawed when I saw Manhattan. I just... <clears throat> I, I love that you loved it so much that you cried. <laughs> I did. I was just devastated. I just think that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. See, I would have been, how old was I? I was 11 at the time. Makes it even better. A little gay 11-year-old <laughs> sobbing over Star Wars. By the way, it's not a great movie. A New Hope. Ugh. Oh, hey, now. I know we could get in a fight about that. <laughs> uh, her eccentric wardrobe in Annie Hall, uh, which consisted mainly of vintage, quote, men's clothing, included neckties, vests, baggy pants, and hats, made her an unlikely fashion icon of the late 70s. I remember this. That was all the rage after Annie Hall. 
1977, she appeared on the cover of Time magazine, uh, and they dubbed her the funniest woman now working in films. Later that year, she won the highly coveted lead role in Looking for Mr. Goodbar, uh, which was based on a novel by Judith Rossner. In the film, she plays a Catholic school teacher for deaf children who lives a double life, spending evenings going to singles bars looking for anonymous promiscuous sex. As you do. Uh, in the same issue of Time magazine on which she is on the cover, uh, they, the people at Time magazine, criticized uh, the restricted roles available for female actors in American films. Uh, they said a male actor can fly a plane, fight a war, shoot a bad man, pull off a sting, impersonate a big cheese in business or politics. Uh, a female can play a wife, play a whore, get pregnant, lose her baby, and um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Women are presumed to be dull. Now, a determined trend spotter can point to a handful of new films whose makers think that women can bear the dramatic weight of a production alone, or virtually so. Then there is Diane Keaton in Looking for Mr. Goodbar. As Teresa Dunn, she dominates this raunchy, risky, violent dramatization of Judith Rossner's 1975 novel about a school teacher who cruises singles bars. And this is a conversation we just keep having over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Diane Keaton has also met with some success in the medium of still photography. She's a very accomplished photographer. Mm-hmm. Which is an interest that she picked up as a teenager from her mother. When Manhattan, the film, rolled around in 1979, Diane Keaton and Woody Allen ended their long working relationship. Uh, It was their last major collaboration until 1993's Manhattan Murder Mystery. Yes. In 1978, she became romantically involved with Warren Beatty. And two years later, he cast her opposite him in the epic historical drama Reds, which is one of... My favorite films of all time. Um, I don't think I've seen it. It's so good. It is so good. I'm almost done. Uh, Keaton's performance was particularly praised uh, in the New York Times. They said that she is nothing less than splendid as Louise Bryant. Beautiful, selfish, funny, and driven. It's the best work she has done to date. She then received her second Academy Award nomination for her performance. In 1986, she starred with Jessica Lange and Sissy Spacek in Crimes of the Heart, adapted from Beth Hanley's play. She, her performance was well-received by critics. And in 1987, she starred in Baby Boom, her first of four collaborations with writer-producer Nancy Myers. And she directed and edited her first feature film, Heaven, uh, which you alluded to earlier, which is a documentary about the possibility of an afterlife. It, however, was met with mixed critical reaction. And over the next four years, she would turn her attention to directing music videos, uh, including the video for Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth. In 1991, she starred with Steve Martin in Father of the Bride. She was almost not cast in that film uh, because she had just made a film called The Good Mother, which had failed miserably at the box office. Yikes. And so Walt Disney was like, she's box office poison. Uh, Well, you're a racist. Okay, sorry. sorry. (laughs) Uh, But they took her on and Father of the Bride was her first major hit in four years. She then reprised her role four years later in the sequel. Uh, in 1991, uh, 1990, she appeared in The Godfather Part Three. Uh, 
1993, she starred in Manhattan Murder Mystery, her first major film with Woody Allen since 1979. Uh, her part was originally intended for Mia Farrow. We will talk about that in a little mm, bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for her performance, she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Uh, and her most successful f- successful film in the 90s was the 1996 comedy The First Wives Club. Mm. Uh, and also in 1996, she starred in Marvin's Room uh, as a woman with leukemia, which was an adaptation of a play by Scott McPherson. Uh, she earned her third Academy Award nomination for the film. So good. I love Marvin's Room. Uh, her first major hit since then came in 2003, Something's Gotta Give, directed by Nancy Myers, co-starring Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson was 65 when they made this film, and she was 56. Oh, wow. They were seen as bold casting choices because for the same old tired conversation, because they're too old to lead a romantic comedy. Because, well, and also, you know, once you hit a certain age, you are um, you don't deserve love. Right. You dry up. All your parts dry up. Right. And you become um, asexual. And if, you're, if you're not already in a relationship, then go fuck yourself. Literally. You will die alone. You will die. You will die alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love as is you, for teenagers. As you deserve to. Absolutely. Uh, 20th Century Fox was the film's original studio. Uh, but once these two were cast, uh, they pulled out. They didn't make it. And so it went to a different uh, production company. Um, and it was a huge success. Oh, 20th and Century Fox, you're an idiot. She received her fourth Oscar nomination for Something's Gotta Give. Fucking idiots. Uh, her only film between 2004 and 2006, I only mention because it was the comedy, quote unquote, The Family Stone, which I just had to include because we both think that film is garbage. It's fu- it's hot garbage. And I yeah. love her, but her fucking character is garbage it's too. And all her kids are I garbage. So much. And uh, they're all garbage. Another movie like when I like Licorice Pizza, I remember seeing. The Family Stone in the theater, and I just was livid afterwards. It just made me angry. It's just so bad. It's just they're all terrible people. Yes. Yes. In 2016, she voiced uh, Dory's mother in Disney and Pixar's Finding Dory. Oh, I had forgotten about that. (laughs) Uh, The film went on to gross over $1 billion worldwide. Uh, her only project of 2018 was Book Club, which you covered in our Jane Fonda episode. And in 2019, she starred in the comedy Palms as a woman dying of cancer who starts a cheerleading squad with other female residents of a retirement home. She wrote her first memoir, then again, in 2011, uh, and has since written two others, as well as several books of her photography. And here is something, my last factoid, which is also maybe the most interesting. In 2021, she appeared in Justin Bieber's video for his song, Ghost. That is so weird. So weird. And that, in a painfully large nutshell, (laughs) is the career of Diane Keaton. Oh, Miss Diane. So what, what, uh, let's get, let's just pull the gloves off. What's your film? My film... It's one of my favorite films, and it's Manhattan Murder Mystery. It has Woody Allen in it, obviously. (laughs) Now, listen, here's the thing. I have never been a big Woody Allen fan, and I get into it. I watched it twice. I watched it back to back yesterday because that's how much I love it. I love that movie. 
but especially now when I have so many sort of um, just things issued, brain issues with the being in the house for the years and the stuff, they're talking. The constant talking is so exhausting. Oh my God. And it takes such talent to do it well. And so I appreciate it still, but the t- I was like, oh my God, well, one of you take a breath. I cannot take it. One of you finish a thought. Just finish a thought. Pause and move on. I, you don't have to constantly be talking. So, you know, I, who was I thinking of? Oh, crap, crap, crap. There was someone specifically, I was, oh, Kirstie Alley, because I, my initial reaction to Kirstie Alley is when Matt had spoken about her, I was like, nope, never going to talk about her. She's garbage, blah, 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 blah. And then, okay, well, obviously we have to talk about Woody Allen. Um, I think he's garbage, not for the reason you would expect. I think he's garbage, um, but I'm willing to talk about him. And I just, I came to, just in time to hear about the Disney debacle, I came to an answer to something I've been struggling with is separating your love of someone's work from how you feel about them as a person. Mm-hmm. Because I love Michael Jackson and you have to separate if, if the things that were said about him were true, which I'm not sure, but if they were, he was a garbage person and you have to separate that. And I don't think, like I said, this comes in time with the Disney news. I don't think you should deprive yourself of something you truly love if it makes you happy, if you can separate it, especially because he's dead. He's not making any more money. And Michael Jackson's kid, he's dead. He's not making any more, you know, I can listen to his music without him. You know what I mean? So it's a little different because he's dead, but I don't know. Well, what do you think? What do you think about this? Because there are some people that I can separate and actually, and this might not go over well with some people. I have a harder time with Kirstie Alley than I do with Woody Allen. She said some really fucking awful things. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're, this is like Pandora's box that we're trying to. And that's the problem. Yeah. Where do you stop with your line? Where do you move your line to? Exactly. And it's obviously, I think it's going to be each person's own compass. Right. Right. And so for instance, now we have this Broadway musical MJ, which is about Michael Jackson, which stops in the early nineties before all of that comes out. So our friend Courtney saw this show in New York and I was like, how was it? And she was like, oh, it made me feel a lot of feelings because there's a lot that's not in there. And of course, they're not going to put this into a Broadway musical, but it's that thing of, you know, and like you you said, if you are able to, if, if the person, I think if the person's work or legacy or what have you is important enough to you. And you are able to find a way to disentangle what they allegedly have done um, with what their work means to you, then I think that's valid. And there are people who are not able or willing to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I was talking to our friend Joel, who was also a friend of the podcast, about Woody Allen, who had similar feelings about about Woody Allen's previous work that he is now he has just disavowed Woody Allen like can't enjoy 
can't, you know. And I think that's the difference. Um, I I can't say I never. Okay. The weird thing for me with Woody Allen is that I enjoy, like, I love Manhattan murder mystery. That's probably really the only thing of his I enjoy. So I didn't really enjoy him as a performer ever. He's too. And the hardest thing for me to to believe, I cannot suspend my disbelief that women would be falling all over him. That's fucking ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) He looks like a troll. Like, stop it. And I know that's mean, but you know, also. Um, So. I think he's garbage. If what he did to Dylan, if the rumors about what he did to Dylan are true, obviously he's garbage. But honestly, I thought he was garbage when he's when him and Sunni got together. I don't care that they're not blood related. That's fucking weird and gross and wrong. That's why I think he's garbage. His actions there lead me to think that it could be possible that it's true about Dylan. Now, I would love to say I believe all victims, and for the most part, I do. But there's also the Amber Herds of the world, whom I don't believe. Um, And there are also people that will lie. And women can be shitty people, too. Um, I don't know where I was going with all that. Okay, if Vladimir Putin, let's say he was an actor, okay, and then uh, he's doing what he's doing now, I could 100 wholeheartedly disavow him, be done with it. Um, I can easily do that with Woody Allen because I was never a big fan. Am I still going to go to Disney World? Yeah, probably. Um, So where do you draw the line? Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy also to get on your moral high horse, but you really need to put your money where your mouth is too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you, if you choose to, and I mean, you know, this is, I'm making a blanket broad statement here. We're all very intricate beings who are able to make excuses, you know, and make things feel okay and, or whatever. So I, I think if you, what I'm saying is, I think we're always going to cherry pick what is right and what is yeah. wrong for us. Yeah. You know, it's like you were talking earlier about the Bible, right? Like it also says in the Bible that, that you can't eat shellfish. So to quote a play that I have done before, eating shrimp is just as bad as sucking cock. So it's like you, I think that we do that all the time. Right. As far as Woody Allen goes. I have resisted sharing my opinion on in this format because I have a feeling that my opinion is going to be not a popular opinion. Sure. I believe him. Um, also, his work has just meant too much to me in my life. Um, and I don't disbelieve Dylan at all. I really do think that Mia Farrow is bananas. And I... And I, I mean, obviously I don't know, none of us know what really happened. Right. Um, I believe that Dylan believes what she is, what she is saying. And, and, and I'm sorry to interject. And that's the difference too. Um, 
yes, uh, you're one of my best friends and we're doing a podcast together. So I'm obviously going to defend you to anyone who might, you know, say you're wrong or whatever. But there is the difference of you believe Woody, but you also believe Dylan. You just think that there's other stuff going on. Yes, I do. And it's I, not like you're like, Dylan's lying and she's no, a piece no, no, of no. shit. It's not no, that. No. And I would never, even if, yeah, I mean, I would never, well, no, I don't. I do. I 100% believe that she believes it. I read Woody Allen's autobiography when it came out a couple of years ago, and he was cleared by two separate organizations of any wrongdoing. You really need to watch the documentary. I know you won't. I won't but- because it's so one-sided. <sighs> like if, if it would have been, if they would have sat down with both parties, which I know he has no interest in talking about it, but if they would have tried to, but that's not, I mean, obviously I didn't see it. Now there are, there is an interview with him and Sunni in it. I don't know if it was from them specifically or if they took that from other things yeah they yes it's from another thing um i mean i just i see what you're saying about mia farrow and i think maybe she might be bananas too but the fact that and like i said it doesn't fucking matter that they're not blood related she was like a father to Sunyi, and then they got married that's fucking weird and gross and if anyone else were to do it we would have a huge problem with it and so Unfortunately, that action makes what Dylan is saying more believable. It certainly, yes. And I, again, I'm not making excuses for that. Um, I find it interesting, however, that they've been married since then for 30 years. Right. And also, I'm sorry to interject, but no. the, the same reason that it would make it believable, it would make it easy for Mia Farrow to throw that out there. Right. And here's the thing that's because I also read Mia Farrow's book back a hundred years ago when it came out, when she like, in the, which deals specifically with Manhattan murder mystery, because it was, they were getting ready to start filming of the, of the movie when she found the pictures of Soon Yi that he had taken. Yeah. Um, and so that's when it, all of that blew up and she was still going to do the movie. Yeah. She went to a, um, Hold on. Like how um, there's like, a bunch of trivia for this. Like yeah, how she found out she wasn't in the movie when she went to a costume fitting. That's like, weird. To be like, oh, you're sleeping with our daughter. I'm gonna go do this movie. With yeah, but you. I'll still do the movie. Like that is that to me says something about her about her. And again, I don't know her, obviously. You know, this is just armchair. Monday morning quarterbacking or whatever. I think that it makes a difference if you still support a victim. I think that makes a difference. I also will say this because maybe we should wrap up the sad part of the podcast. (laughs) Right. Sorry, everybody. And I do want to say one other thing too, but go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, because this also makes me think about Louis CK and like I, in my I have canceled him personally. Like I can't enjoy him anymore. I can't I have as well. Yeah. Watch his show, which I loved. Um, when I read that he's, you know, doing a comeback stand-up tour, I'm just like, ugh. So it's just for me, it's different because I think for I think it really is the Mia Farrow factor for me. 
how mm-hmm. I am able to reconcile my feelings and also just my deep, deep, deep rooted love for the work that he has put out. Right. And also, I think it's important to note that both of us own and admit to our hypocrisies in certain areas. Sure. I really love this thing, so I'm not letting it go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're owning it. So, but I think it, it it's different for different things, too. Chris Pratt is a garbage fucking person. I agree um, with that as well. And I, I like hate his guts. I used to love him. Oh, me too. I hate his guts. And I'm um, struggling you know about the new Jurassic World movie. I'm going to see it. You want to know? Oh, my God. I got so emotional just now. I almost burst into tears. I'm going to see it because the original three people remove it. For sure. Are in it. Um, I have a strong love for Jurassic Park and I'm going to see it. I'm glad it's over. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will see Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I will not enjoy his performance no matter what. But he's not the only one getting the money. He's not the only one. But you know what I mean? So there are certain things that you can be like, well, I don't like you anymore. It doesn't matter how good your acting is. I can't stand you anymore. I'm still going to see this thing because there's 10 other people in it that I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really pissed about it because he's in Jurassic Park and, and Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite. But as you know, you have to watch everything in Marvel to get (laughs) to understand the next thing. So, um, Yeah. Listen, we're all just human and some things are going to be easier to let go of. We're just here owning it. And I really wanted to watch. We need to talk about Cosby before we did this episode, but that still is on my list. I haven't gotten to it, but I think yeah. it really explores all of this stuff. Woo. So right, Manhattan Murder Mystery. Let's talk about Manhattan <laughs> Mystery. It was Jesus Christ. It was released August 18th, 1993. I wonder how many people fast forwarded or just turned this off. <laughs> and uh, there's so many trivia. There's so much trivia. Diane Keaton replaced Mia Farrow, as you already said. He had written the lead female role for Farrow, um, but Keaton got the part following the breakup of the pair's personal relationship. Uh, There was a rumor that despite the very public feuding between her and Alan, Farrow showed up for a costume fitting and needed to be informed that she was no longer in the movie, which, um, hello? (laughs) That is weird. So weird. So Manhattan weird. Murder Mystery was the actual generic working title during production. Woody Allen films usually have generic titles during production, like Woody Allen Fall Project. But since no new title could be thought of, Allen just decided to leave that as the title. Angelica Houston said that the set was oddly free of anxiety, introspection, and pain, and attributed this largely due to the presence of Diane Keaton. Hudson, uh, Houston, Hudson, Houston added, on this movie, he, Woody Allen, showed up in the hair and makeup trailer to tease Diane about her hair and her big photography books, all diligently marked with yellow stickum paper. Around Diane, he was open and accessible. Woody Allen and Marshall Brickman planned to make Annie Hall a murder mystery, but cut that subplot out and used it for this movie. Oh, weird. This is why Brickman is credited as co-writer. I actually wondered that when I watched it. That's Mm -hmm. so interesting. Wow. Uh, One of eight collaborations of Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. He co-starred in six of them and directed seven of them. Uh... When Diane Keaton replaced Mia Farrow, Woody Allen rewrote the script and centered the more comic side of the couple on her, admitting that Keaton was funnier, which she is. It's true. Because there's one scene now where I punch him in the fucking face. When they're on the phone, when they're trying to do the recordings and he won't let that 
thing. I, <laughs> shut up. Fucking stop it. You're doing it to be funny. We got the joke. You're ruining this. Fucking move on. Um, <laughs> during the early 1970s, uh, Woody Allen was working on a script about two New Yorkers who tried to solve a murder. Uh, when he got stuck while blocked, he noticed a book on Russian history at his home. As the deadline was fast approaching for delivery on the contracted screenplay, Allen got inspired and decided to spoof the entire genre of novels based on Russian history. And this became Love and Death in 1975. He put the mystery script on the back burner. That script eventually became the genesis for this film. Hmm. Uh, the House of Mirrors sequence was inspired by Orson Welles, the lady from Shanghai. So when uh, Mia Farrow was attached, it was going to be more serious. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was going to be like more, you know, mystery. Oh. Oh, it's the only film to star Woody Allen and Diane Keaton in which their characters have a child together. Oh. That's weird. Yeah. It's one of three movies that Angelica Houston and Woody Allen have both worked on. The others were Christina Royale and Crimes and Misdemeanors. Also a great movie. Yeah. So that's all the big, the big things. Would you, I would assume you love this movie. I do. And I know you do as well. So, well, yeah. Cause I spoiled that at the top, <laughs> <laughs> but I already knew from last yeah. week. So yes, it's so, it's so great. It's so funny. The it's two of them, have just such great i mean you can just tell the love between the two you of really them can yes um angela houston is great i love the little the little petty jealousies that flare up diane keaton as a jealous woman is just fucking hilarious to yeah. watch it's so great it's yeah, so because great. you don't know what's happening really like is that a misunderstanding and then it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and it's just it's so so funny i just love it so much Diane Keaton reminds me of my first mother-in-law. Oh, interesting. Like in looks and the way she carries herself. She's always reminded me of my first. Yeah. Um, I think Alan Alda and Diane Keaton would make a cute couple. I did like them as well. I just, I mean, of course, Alan Alda is, you can't go wrong. He's just You really so can't. You really can't. I do love one of my favorite things is where he Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are talking and he's like, remember when we solved the, the, um, the bluebird mystery or whatever, uh, the bluebirds oh, yeah, in yeah. the attic. And he's like, uh -huh. that was a, that was a sweet mystery. This is murder. <laughs> I do hate, and I've always hated this part of it. Maybe hates a strong word. Um, the way he just now, listen, I know that her character's kind of being crazy, but it turns out spoilers that she's right. Um, but I do hate the way he's dismissive of her in the beginning. You're crazy. You need to see a doctor. And it's like, I, <laughs> I get it, but it's also like, come on, just have a little fun. She's trying to have a little fun. Oh, he he doesn't do fun. He doesn't do fun. No. Um, Zach, that's Zach Braff who plays their son. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. Yeah. I looked at him. I was like, is that Zach Braff? <laughs> um, and it is. I had to look it up, but it is. This is the kind of movie that makes you want to live in New York. And I would Absolutely. tell you why. You can walk anywhere. Like, if you have anxiety, most people I know, if you have anxiety or what have you, the thought of 
going somewhere. It's a big event. You know, you got to get dressed and get, but, but New York make it, makes it look like you can just be like, do you want to go to a Broadway show? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let me just go change real quick and I'll go and we'll go and we can walk there and then we can end up at this diner and then we can end up here. We can just walk to the hockey game. Like it just makes it seem so accessible and so just, God, I would love to live there, but I know on some level, I'd probably really hate it. It's great. Is it? And it's true. And I, that's another thing about like, especially Woody Allen movies is that they do like, they go to the, the musical, they go to the opera. I like, they mm-hmm. do all these things. It's one o'clock in the morning. Let's go to, to New Jersey and meet our friends up right. at, the, at the restaurant. Oh, I yeah. also hate that he doesn't sit through the opera with her. She fucking sat through the hockey game with you. That was the deal. <laughs> sit through the goddamn opera. Sorry. Um, <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, no, it's just perfectly cast. Um, the, the basic gist is that they think their neighbor has killed his wife. And you know what? I'm not going to spoil this one just because it's real good. And it you should watch good. it. It's real good. You should watch it. It's just great. If you have uh, sensory issues, anxiety, they're talking might get you. Um, at one point, I was literally like, shut up. You need to shut up. Like, I can't take you talking anymore. <laughs> but I do. I love. It's a good rainy day movie. It's yep. a good snowed in movie. It's just, it's great. I love it so much. It, ha- it holds a special place in my heart. And it's very hard to find. Is it even rentable? Oh, I don't know. I'm about to look. I'm, but it's it's great. I love it. It's so funny. It Alan Alda, Angelica Houston, Diane Keaton. Oh, and the way she dresses. Oh my god. Yeah, I need to. I need to give a shout out to one of these outfits that I just love so much. When she's at the wine tasting with Alan Alda, and he leaves, and she sees the lady on the bus, uh-huh. and she runs outside. She's wearing, of course, a turtleneck because it's Diane Keaton, right? Which is underneath a blouse. Right. Which is underneath a blazer that's belted. Right. And she's wearing a skirt with little ankle boots. Right. And white socks. Yep. Love every second of it. And she also, uh, another thing that, oh, and Joy Behar is in this. Yes, Joy Behar. I forgot to mention that. I forget that Joy Behar is in this. I, a, a couple of standouts of things is when the uh, neighbor dies and the coroner is there and all the neighbors are standing outside and he just comes out and tells them what happened. Ah, sir. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this is how she died. And then, I'm like, I get it. It's exposition, but like, sir, I don't think that they would do that. He says, yes. And this is what, and she had a family history and here's, here's her insurance card. If anyone wants to look it up, I was just like, okay. The other thing is she had, cause she's always dressed to the nines in my estimation. This is coming from a person who can wear the same shirt for four days. So, you know, um, if you're wearing layers to me, you're, you're dressed to the nines because layers are just too cumbersome for me. Um, but they're out. I forget where they're out at. And she's like, well, I have to go home and change. Uh, Cause I have to meet the realtor. And so she goes and she, you know, and her whole closet is monochromatic creams and tops. Yeah. <laughs> right out of banana Republic, right out of banana Republic. And uh, she goes into the bathroom to change, which leads me to this. Does anyone here change in their bathroom? No one does that. I don't think I do sometimes. I have, that has never been a thing for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we never had large bathrooms, but when she goes into the bathroom, I'm like, really? Because when you changed in your, okay. When you 
you're changing in your bathroom, where are you laying the clothes down to take off the clothes you have on? Over the sink. They, there is a wetness issue there. <laughs> if you're changing in your bedroom, you throw it on the bed. It's soft. Yeah, I do that No too. one shits in it. Well, <laughs> you know, hopefully. Um, I just thought it was weird that she went into the bathroom. And they always do that in movies and shows. Everyone always goes into the bathroom to change. And I just don't think that's as common as media would have you believe. Yeah, it certainly is not my go-to. Yeah. But... I also put in my notes, I just love how she dresses. It must be so expensive. (laughs) Blazer for everything. (laughs) So yeah, watch this movie. You can rent it on a site called Voodoo, V-U-D-U. Or you could probably buy it on Amazon, I would assume. Probably. The DVD. Um, But watch it. I don't want to spoil it. Watch it. It's great. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. And what was your movie? I chose Crimes of the Heart. Oh, oh. Opened December 12th, 1986, directed by Bruce Beresford. Um, And I think you liked it. I did. It holds a special place in my heart. I know. But did you love it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's one of the better plays to movie transitions. It's not so heavy handed in that this is a play that we're making into a movie. It's not so heavy handed. I don't think um, Beth Henley. I, oh, but no, but Beth Henley did the other one, right? The, the, the um, Miss Firecracker. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay. So what I was about to say is a total lie. Um, no, and I and because I have a special place in my heart, and because everyone in it is so good. Although I will argue that Jessica Lang is a little old for her role as That's, a Sissy Spacek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I thought. I think too. Diane Keaton might be good. Yeah, I think that Jessica Lang and Sissy Spacek, although they looked the parts and they were listen, they were amazing. I just think in that were they were too old. It was yeah. But they did age everyone around them appropriately, so it wasn't weird. But I did, that was the the whole time I watched it, I was like, oh, Jessica Lange, this, I think her character is younger, way younger than this. Yeah, she was the one that stuck out to me, too, primarily. Yeah. Just in terms of age. Yeah. Um, the play, this play won the Pulitzer Prize in 1981. Uh, the film was nominated for three Oscars, uh, Best Actress for Sissy Spacek. Best Supporting Actress for Tess Harper. Wow. Yep. And Best Adapted Screenplay for Beth Henley. She did a good job. And Sissy Spacek won the Golden Globe that year. Um, I played Chick Dog Tempa, as you very well may know. I love this play so much. Now, also, I need to say that I saw this play at the old Birmingham theater when it was still a, uh, you know, legitimate theater, not a uh-huh. movie house uh-huh. starring to any, any regular listeners out there will know how great this was for me starring Jeannie Francis as babe. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Would you like to take a guess as to who played babe when I was in it? Someone I know. It is someone, you know, Mary Beth Monroe. No, she played Meg. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, Someone I know. Someone who still lives here? Yeah. Oh. Who? Miss Kelly Comlin. 
Oh my God, she was Babe. She was Babe. Oh my God, I came on home to see about Babe. Oh, I came on home to see about Babe. Now, Lenny, I just wanted to tell you about the dress because <laughs> it was brand new, and I put it in the washer first time I'd ever wash it, and those dots came right off in the water. <laughs> oh, that I. If you know me, you know that I just can't memorize lines, and I like sometimes my joke is I'll be off book closing night. It's so true. Um, also, once I finish a show, they leave. They just leave for some reason. As soon as this movie started, I was like, I know what they're going to say next. It just all came back. It was just, I just, and and I don't honestly know why I have such a soft spot for this show. Oh, I just Um, love it. I really loved playing chick, even though she's a fucking bitch. (laughs) And I was mortified because I had to put pantyhose on in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And like, do you have weird insecurities? Like putting pantyhose on is one of my weird, even when I'm by myself, I get like anxious, like, Oh God, this isn't going to go well. I'm going to tear these. They're not going to (laughs) fit. I don't know what to do. And so then to do it in front of people, I was like, just shoot me. This is terrible. (laughs) Crimes of heart. If you don't know, is a story of three sisters in uh, Mississippi. Yes. Uh, And they are reunited. uh, This just a couple of days time span uh, because old granddaddy has gone into the hospital mm-hmm. uh, and babe, the youngest of the sisters has apparently shot her husband who was a state Senator in the stomach. So everyone sort of convenes on the old family home yeah. to take care of these two things. Um, now this one, we will uh, a spoil, I would assume um, because you will enjoy it regardless if, yes. if you want, you'll re- you'll enjoy it regardless. And so many people know Crimes of the Heart. Yeah. Um, so so Meg is on her way home. She's on a bus, and all I wrote was smoking on a bus. She's Seriously, <laughs> I was like, gross. Oh, it's that would so have been gross. terrible. Like so mad. Ugh. Um, then and then I said, Meg is such an asshole. Meg really is a f- just an asshole. She really is. Like eating half of the candy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the half of each candy. And I love Lenny's monologue about how it says creams. They're all creams. There are no nuts. There are no nuts. Um, And uh, this is my favorite thing. Chick's nickname is Chick the Stick. I played Chick. See how that was played for laughs? Oh, 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 I loved college. We're using it ironically. We're using it ironically because she's a fat ass. Now have that bitch put pantyhose on. And we're not going to change the line. I think I'm an extra small. I mean, Jesus Christ. That was in 2000, people. It was, well, it was 21 years ago. But listen, it was, you know. I mean, I because I as soon as she said "chick the stick," I went, "Oh my god, I forgot about that." <laughs> she was supposed to think that she's this, and they call her "chick the," and it was played ironically. Oh, that's humor. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel good about yourself. <laughs> you know, that makes me feel so good. Uh, <laughs> the other thing. So uh Lenny has a shriveled ovary or something. And such a big deal is made about this goddamn yeah. ovary. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Beth Henley, we have two ovaries. <laughs> most people, most female women have female women. Most uh people who are born female have the two. 
So the one shriveled, my mother had one ovary. She had two children. They make such a big fucking deal. I mean, they treat Lenny like she has, I don't know, like a hump, but like she's Quasimodo, basically. <laughs> they send her to ring the bell every day. It's just, it's like it's like she breaks off a relationship because of the ovary. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> Sorry. I'm on But a, it's I'm on really her own personal... It is. It is. Just, and then the grandpa harps on it. Well, <laughs> she's a useless woman because of that one shriveled ovary. Okay. Here's something that I forgot. Babe's a pedophile. Yeah, that does not age well, obviously. So she has shot her husband because he has caught her with a neighborhood boy uh also warning this this um movie doesn't age well it uses the n-word it does he catches her with this boy who is um a boy of color which in mississippi in that time frame would be bad enough but he's 15 babe yeah, I was like, oh, man, if only, I mean, 16 would have been bad enough, but at least it would have been, like, probably the age of consent. But, like, oh, yeah. I totally, hurt. and then when you think about, I mean, they all look great, and I don't know how old she was in this, but she doesn't pass for, like, 20. No. And they got a kid who looked 15. Yeah. He also looked blind. He did look blind. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so I was like, oh, wow, you are real problematic, babe. You're re- I mean, your husband's a piece of shit, too. But really, Willie J is the victim in all this. <laughs> you are garbage. <laughs> Their mother hung themselves and she hung the cat with her. <laughs> yeah, that I love that detail is so great. Hung <laughs> the cat with her. Sissy Spacek was 37 when they made this. Holy shit. Now, listen. So was Jessica looks- Lange. Oh. And Diane Keaton was 40. I think Diane Keaton, because I think Lenny is probably that age. Yeah, Babe should have been Babe should have been younger. Played by although Sissy Space, they all do a marvelous job. Yeah, yeah, all three of them are great. I think Diane Keaton is just so dear as Lenny. I love her so much. Again, her unique clothing style. She wears like those long skirts, the little white socks with loafers. Any loafers? Yeah. And why does this woman love layers? I look at her and I just feel claustrophobic. <laughs> she does. She does. She just can't get enough. At one point, I was like, how, how many things? How many things are you wearing? Take five <laughs> off, and you would still be fully clothed. I read something. Uh, must have been on Wikipedia. I think it was Nancy Myers said, it'll be 90 degrees, and Diane will still be wearing a turtleneck. I just. And, and she's against plastic surgery, and she has some insecurities like we all do. And listen, she looks fucking great. She does. The way she dresses. I just look at her, and I feel suffocated and hot. <laughs> Yeah, and very oh. tan. And like she wears tan, the hats the, and the, yeah. oh, the hats and the gloves. She's taking wearing gloves <laughs> in that Los Angeles heat. Oh, I just hated Meg so much. I just hated so. And listen, Doc. They're like, oh, nothing happened because Doc's married, right? Why are they going on yeah. a ride? Because that's that's Meg's Meg left Doc essentially, 
and left him brokenhearted, supposedly. And now he's married and has kids, but he comes running right when she comes in town. He sure does. Because men are trash. But so is Meg. <laughs> She's trash too. I have talked a lot. So I'm going to let you talk because I am doing that thing that I hate that others do. And no, I let just, their podcast uh, partner talk. I just got into Disney started at all. I just got into it. T- my panties are in a twist. I just I had forgotten how much I love this movie. Um, it's just it's comforting to me. Yeah, it's I laughed several times. I think the performances are all so great. So good. Um, and just the end, it just makes me feel so good. And yeah, I I feel so disappointed every time that scene where they get all so excited and they're going to play uh, spades or. Old maid. So I think yeah. they're gonna play spades. Yeah. And they're gonna make popcorn and hot chocolate. And then Doc calls and Meg's gotta ruin it all by leaving and like deflating the whole mood. She's and- selfish and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just left me. Oh, one of my favorite things is when Babe has decided she is going to um kill herself. Oh my god, so, so great. She goes to hang herself. <laughs> Chandelier. <laughs> and instead of hanging herself, <laughs> she the chandelier comes out of the ceiling so she walks downstairs the phone rings and she walks downstairs she doesn't bother to take the chandelier off so it's just trailing behind her from the rope on her neck I love that. and then she puts her head in the oven and the rack is in there it's so great there's just so many great things about it it's just such a dear dear movie and I love it so much I think it's such a great adaptation I felt like she did such a nice job opening it up that doesn't feel great gratuitous right like oh why do they have to be like at the store or why do they have to be you know whatever yeah it had that perfect balance of it still felt like a movie yeah as opposed to a play but they didn't throw in stuff that didn't need to be there just because it was a movie yeah yeah this oh you can watch this on prime video oh nice i didn't even know that um, it really is a good movie and the play is so great. And I will always have a special place in my heart for chick dog, dog temper, even though she is, is that her name? That's not her name. Why do I call her that? Chick, That's not her name. Chick Boyle. Chick Boyle. Why do I call her chick dog temper? I don't know what the hell I that have is. Done, I don't even, I made it up in my head and have called her that for 20 something years now. I yeah, don't chick know. Boyle. Whatever. Uh, she's chick dog temper to me. Um, maybe because she has the temper of a dog. I don't listen. I've had a close head of a tree. I don't know. Um, I will always have a special place for her in my heart, even though she is an asshole. I will always viscerally remember being chased uh, with a broom. Oh, and just, and their style, especially chick, is just so. My mom dressed like chick, like the little. Reeboks and little shorts and that that pastel stripey thing with the bow and the oh my god I just yeah it's real good you guys it's real good you should watch it you can watch it on Prime Video. I also love there's one other thing where Chick is uh like doing her fixing her hair and she's like getting the lipstick off her teeth and at the end of that whole routine in the mirror she like does a little like chin swipe oh my god love it love it love it. So great. What are you doing? <laughs> you are just a piece of garbage person. What are you doing? Like, oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is my granddaddy's house. 
Uh, well, two great movies this week. Yes, yes, yes. And some Watch serious em. discussions. Yes. And some tirades and some soapboxing and beatboxing. <laughs> There's no beatboxing. Uh- <laughs> no, there was. Um, so if you want to write us, you can write us at 3FunnyLadies at Gmail. And don't be too hard on us, okay? Please. I know that I kind of lost my way today, but that's <laughs> what happens. Um, follow us on the Insta, 3FunnyLadies Podcast. And we're back next week with another Wee Pod. We have and I have not chosen. All right. So it'll be a surprise to everyone, including myself. And me. I mean, we'll watch it before. You Hopefully. Know, it's not going to like... We won't watch it on air. That'd be weird. That'd be boring. Yeah. Because we'd just be like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> All right. So um, come back and see us next week. Yeah. Keep smiling. Keep shining. <laughs> Knowing you can always count on us. <laughs> Faux show. Okay. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>